0: Whew, what a week in college baseball. Tennessee absolutely unloaded on Ole Miss. Texas Tech had two dramatic walk-offs against Texas and they were both by the same guy and LSU broke the bats out against Florida. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And on today's episode, recapping that crazy weekend in college baseball. Uh, and it you have to start with Tennessee. So Tennessee, um, I think top, top 10 Tennessee goes into Swayze Field to take on number one Ole Miss. And uh, this is a good Ole Miss team. So this offense, top eight in the country when it comes to runs per game. Almost 10 runs per game. Uh, Tennessee goes in there, sweeps the series, okay? So um, offensively, just something where Tennessee looks like a juggernaut. Hits five home runs on Friday night, uh, goes out there, Puts up a total of 26 runs on this Tennessee, on this old miss team, holds them to seven. Their their average on the season for runs per game is almost 10. Tennessee holds them to seven on the weekend at home. And so the the big thing here, okay, so going to this thing, you talked about, all right, well, Tennessee hasn't had a true road test. A lot of those Southern teams other than some sort of neutral site they play a lot of home games to start the year because there's a lot of schools like your Rhode Island's like your Yale's that have to travel because they can't play home games until mid-March. So, Tennessee hadn't really had to deal with like a true road a true road game, a true hostile environment. Swayze Field sold out for all three games did not matter. Tennessee's rotation. They've got two freshmen and a sophomore uh, they all made their SEC debuts last weekend. And so the question was, how are they going to do on the road? Well, Old Miss has a great lineup top to bottom. I know that personally. I saw them at Auburn last week. Uh, yeah, no. Completely stopped them. Um, t- Tennessee's offense, how would they do outside of home? Five home runs on the weekend. 26 for the series. So... If you're looking at this now as far as what happens in college baseball, so first, Tennessee is your number one team in the country. Not because they beat the number one, but because they have earned it. Uh, and Auburn head coach Butch Thompson has talked about this with me before about so much of rankings early in the season are based off of what you did last year. Well, Tennessee lost, you know, made the College World Series, lost seven guys to the draft off that team. So a lot of people kind of expected, okay. They lost seven guys to the draft. They don't have preseason All American uh, Blade Tidwell. He's got a shoulder injury, so we're gonna start them off pretty low. They have risen to number one. Flip that around, Ole Miss. Like the book is out on Ole Miss, right? Um, the offense is very good against uh, mid-level and lower-level starters, but if you have elite talent, uh, you can't necessarily do it. They can hit um. They could hit home runs. They got four of them over the weekend. But they just... They couldn't... Um, they couldn't... Gener- get enough base runners. And they couldn't generate offense from the top of the lineup. Especially against Tennessee's starters. And Tennessee starters... So those three guys. The two freshmen and the sophomore. 20 and two-thirds innings. Eight hits. Two runs. 27 strikeouts. So Tennessee absolutely showed... Number one team in the nation. Uh... Other teams in the SEC that answered questions, LSU. So LSU comes into a series against Florida, um, having lost, I believe, four of the previous five games, three of the previous four. Uh, lose on Friday night, 7-2. to two. That's the fourth loss in five games. There you go. Uh, and then from that point on, looked like a different team. Did not trail the rest of the weekend, one Saturday, 16-4. to One Sunday, 11-2. to So they struggled against Hunter Barco, who we've talked a lot about on this show, the ace for Florida. Struggled against him on Friday night. After him, opened the bats up. You know, uh, just hit everything. Hit it hard. And the thing with this LSU team is we hadn't necessarily seen... Like, the offense has been great. We hadn't seen the defense and we hadn't seen the pitching show up. So the defense, going into the weekend... LSU only had three games out of their first 22 where they didn't have an error, so not playing great defense, not making, not dominating the routine plays. Goes out there against Florida, three games, no errors, just absolutely takes care of business. And then um, pitching wise, something where the the Saturday and Sunday starters, outside of like the Friday night guy, Saturday and Sunday starters hadn't necessarily held up together. Um, they go 11 and two-thirds innings, only allow um, only allow th- uh, three runs. And the bullpen steps up as well. And so it's something where this LSU team looks kind of scary now. They have a chance. Not saying it's going to happen, but they have a chance to contend for Omaha. I expect at the very least they'll be in the contention to get a regional at some point in time. Um, other SEC teams that, that had notable performances, South Carolina. So I don't know which South Carolina team is real. They go out there, they win two out of three against Vandy. And I'm like, okay, that's Vandy's a really good baseball team, really good baseball program. Um, they won a series earlier in the year against then number one Texas. Uh, and part of that is Texas is taking a step back. We'll get to that in the next segment. But I'm like, okay, that looks great. The same time, this same South Carolina team has had a five-game losing streak already. They've only played 20 games. Uh, they got swept by Clemson. They got swept at Tennessee. I don't necessarily think getting swept at Tennessee is that bad of a thing. Because Tennessee is the number one team in the country. And I think for a reason. Uh, but it's something where I'm trying to figure out this South Carolina team. And I want to believe that the South Carolina team is better than the Clemson and Tennessee sweeps. Because they battled injuries early. Um, but that they've just yo-yoed back and forth between extremes. And I don't have a true idea... Of, of who this is, who the South Carolina team is. So, yeah, they lose the opener 10-0 to Vandy. They come back. Uh, they win 8-2 on Saturday. And then they win on Sunday. And it's just like, I'm trying to figure out um, what this team is. I don't really know. Uh, at some point in time, we'll get there. And in just a minute, I do want to talk about some of the teams that, uh, that are not in the SEC that had, um, they had great weekends. And let's talk about Texas Tech beating Texas. But first... Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at at Athletic Greens. Our this this partner of ours has a product I use literally every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I have celiac disease, autoimmune disorder. I can't digest, I can't eat gluten, um, so I have to go gluten free. And it's not because I you know because I want to, it's because I have to. But to go along with celiac disease, um, I struggle to to absorb nutrients uh, both from food and from medicine. Uh, And so, I've been taking vitamins, I've been taking supplements for years, and I've always struggled to try to get, you know, the right amount of iron and things like that. And Athletic Greens uh, has been a game changer for me. So, Athletic Greens is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that you get from one scoop. So, you take one scoop of Athletic Greens... Uh, You put it into eight to 12 ounces of water. I do cool water every morning, drink it on an empty stomach. And it absolutely goes well. It's less than one gram of sugar. Um, You know, it's it's there's no artificial stuff in there. It's all natural. Uh, And for me, very big. It's gluten free. But if you need it, it's also dairy free. It's vegan. It's paleo. It's keto friendly. So can help a lot of different people. And like I said, it's it's like it's become the one thing I do every single day to take care of myself. Uh, so right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially as we head into flu and cold season. It's one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supp- supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Boy, Texas Tech had a weekend. Kurt Wilson for Texas Tech has to be... If he has to buy himself a beer in Lubbock for the rest of his life, that city has failed him. So, Texas Tech versus Texas. If you remember, we previewed that last week on College Baseball Tuesday because these two teams have won the last five conference championships. And so whoever wins this series was going to be in the driver's seat. So, okay. Friday goes to extras. Kurt Wilson is on third the Texas closer is in Aaron Nixon. And if you watch and there's a great video out there, I think it's from John Boy Media where they break it down, but if you watch Aaron Nixon, he does this thing when he gets the ball. You know, he he gets the ball and he he looks down and he rocks. And you can time it. It's very it's the exact same thing every time and then he looks up. This is like after he gets the sign, the ball, the rocking while looking down. He looks up, delivers the pitch. So, Kurt Wilson's watching. And Kurt Wilson's making notes. And the third base coach comes over and talks to Kurt. And is like, hey, I want you to see this. Time this out. He gets up 0-2. And I'm guessing he just forgets there's runners on base. He never looks over to third. Kurt Wilson. like when, When Nixon gets the sign... And goes to stand up. Kurt Wilson just starts walking towards home. And he breaks for home. And he gets a walk-off steal of home in the 10th inning. By the time the pitcher looks up, he has already slid across home plate. And his teammates are already out of the dugout to celebrate. By the time the pitcher looks up and sees it. Great video. Go find it. But then, on Saturday, they go to extras. Extras and they load the bases with two outs in the 10th and he comes up to bat. And guess what Kurt Wilson does? Hits a walk-off grand slam. I mean, Texas won on Sunday and nobody even cares. Cuz Texas Tech won two games in dramatic fashion and as a position player, I I can't think of a better way to end like to win two games in a series than walk-off stolen like steal of home and walk off grand slam so texas tech has a great weekend the big thing here like i said this is uh, this puts them in the driver's seat in the conference they've been kind of under the radar uh but i think now they're going to catch their stride as they come into um as they come into conference play and remember they have the preseason player of the year in jace young so a lot of skill a lot of good stuff there i think they're going to do well some more interesting stories from the weekend that I found. Uh, Miami, so Miami um, won its first series against Boston College a conference play. Then they went on the road last week, beat Clemson. This weekend they swept North Carolina, and so it's their first sweep since opening weekend. Uh, and and really they hadn't they hadn't put together a full series yet. You would see them, um, you know, like they. They'd lose an opener, or they'd get blown out in a finale. They lost a series to Florida in the pitching. Uh, but Carson Palmquist, who Dre, Andre and I talked about for the ACC preview, like he needed, we needed leaving the bullpen, but that's fine. He went in there, great start on Friday night. And then um, Saturday and Sunday, the bullpen combined throws 17 innings on Saturday and Sunday, um, and only five runs. Four of those runs were once Game Three was already in hand. So, I mean, um, just just I'm sorry, for, was Friday? Uh, Friday while those the the series was already in hand. So, like Miami looks good going into April. They're uh, they're no, ahead of everybody in the conference except maybe Louisville. Uh, Dallas Baptist is another school, and this is smaller conference school, obviously the the Missouri Valley Conference, but They have a great resume, so they have a lot of good. um, They they have a lot of wins against good teams. They're number one in RPI right now. They just faced uh, Maryland, their first ranked opponent. um, Won two out of three, so they split the first two games and then uh, won on Sunday. Defused the ninth inning rally to win it, and so they're in the top twenty-five this week. And something there is—they're probably going to host a regional because the Missouri Valley Conference uh, doesn't have another team that's high in the RPI, and they don't have another team like. But they don't have any really bad teams that are going to bring down strength of schedule. So just because Dallas Baptist goes into conference play, uh, their their RPI shouldn't drop anything significant. And so when it's time to pick regional sites, they're going to have one of the better resumes as far as difficulty. In the season. Despite not having a ton of ranked opponents. So you love to see that. And then really interesting factoid. Uh, that I saw. Army. Has been playing baseball against Navy. For 121 years. They had a double header on Sunday. Um, in Annapolis. And they won both games. In shutouts. 7-0 and 19-0. And that's just the 10th and 11th time that Army has had shutouts in 121 years against Navy. Seems really odd that it just that amount of time. It's it's rarely happened, but it absolutely happened. And so Army's in a position, they're 7-15 right now, which doesn't look great, but their non-conference schedule's done. They have a dominant performance against their number one rival. Uh, so entering conference play, it looks like like they're positioned momentum-wise to recover uh, and 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 do well as far as um, the rest of the schedule and getting into the regionals. Uh, in just a minute, I want to tell you about some of the games to look forward to this upcoming weekend. But first, all right, looking ahead at games this weekend, uh, there's three big series that I want to watch. Uh, the first one is. Oregon going to UCLA. So we talked about Stanford being the favorite to win the Pac-12 this year. Well, Oregon has a series win against Stanford. Oregon's also already beat USC and Utah. So Oregon going to UCLA. Uh, UCLA has not had a 15-8 right now. Haven't had a dominant season, but they just won a series at Arizona. Uh, they went 2-1 and one in Houston, at one of the the tournaments, I think it was the Shriners Hospital tournament, and so this is going to be a good test right now of who is in the driver's seat in the Pac-12. I I like Oregon to take two out of three on this, uh, and for Oregon to be the favorite to not only win the Pac-12, but probably either them or Oregon State contend to go to Omaha. Um, another one you're going to watch, especially if you're a fan of pitching. We've talked about this. Uh, Florida State is hosting Notre Dame. So this is conference play. This is division play. They used to see Atlantic. But um, Notre Dame started off division play sweeping NC State. The same NC State that went to the College World Series last year. But then after that, they've lost four straight games. Now they go into Tallahassee with that. What we've talked about is the best rotation in college baseball. That one, two, three, four Florida State being so good. So Florida State, 16-7 and seven right now. They've won the, their first three series in conference play. So they look to be in the driver's seat in the ACC. Um, I have them in my group of eight to make Omaha for the College World Series. But going to be a great matchup there. Uh, and whenever I'm not watching this next series, I'm going to have Florida State on. But the number one series for me, Interstate Rivalry, or Intrastate Rivalry, uh, Tennessee versus Vanderbilt. So Tennessee is going to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Tennessee, 23 and one, undefeated in the conference, best team in the nation, number one best offense, one of the best, uh, best like team ERAs and pitching staffs in the country. Uh, Vanderbilt just lost the series at South Carolina, very uncharacteristic. They're 19 and four right now. Two of their four losses were this weekend, so they're out for blood. These teams have been rivals. For a long time, um, these two teams finished first in the East last year, like first and second in the East. Uh, so the winner of this series, and I think right now, if you handicap it, uh, the easy money is to say, yeah, Tennessee is going to win this. Vanderbilt has a lot of a lot of position player talent, and if anybody can score to keep up with Tennessee, it's going to be somebody like a Vanderbilt. But uh, that absolutely is going to be the matchup of the weekend. Um, have to watch that. Also, personal interest to me, I'm going to be watching Auburn travel to L- to Baton Rouge to play LSU for three games. That's a Thursday through Saturday. I kind of like Thursday through Saturday better than Friday through Sunday. I don't know what it is about it, but I like the Thursday through Saturday series a little better. But I'm going to be watching to see what Auburn does against LSU and against an LSU offense, as we talked about earlier in today's show, uh, can just absolutely put up giant numbers on a pitching staff. Auburn has to go out there. Auburn has decent hitters. Uh, Auburn can put up runs as well. The question is, can Auburn's pitching hold up and contain the damage enough to let Auburn's bats keep them in the game? We saw the series loss to Old Miss. We saw two of the three games Auburn's bats couldn't keep up with Old Miss's offense. Uh, Auburn spent all their runs in the second game. They scored like 22 in game two. So to save some of those for games one and three. But, so the question there is going to be, can Auburn's Pitching staff contain LSU enough for the for the offense to keep up. Uh, a lot of questions. I don't know. I think we'll know more after t- after tonight's start for Auburn. They've got the two guys they're thinking about throwing on Saturday. They've got both of them throwing on Tuesday night in their midweek game. Um, trying to figure out one of them's coming back. It's a painful blister under his fingernail. Feels that sounds pretty awful. So we'll see what happens there. Um, if you have questions for the show, again, on Monday, we do mailbags. Uh, I am on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, prospects at gmail.com. Tomorrow, I've got a really interesting show, something a little different. I hopped on with our friends from Locked On Astros, and we did a deep dive on shortstop Jeremy Pena. Probably going to replace Carlos Correa uh, at shortstop for the Astros this year. Obviously, you're calling up a rookie to man the Keystone. Um, For a contending team, kind of a big deal. Uh, So I've got that conversation for you tomorrow. Uh, But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.